and we're back again for the third week in a row. I don't remember the last time we did that. Couldn't for, tell you. At least hockey hockey podcast wise. We're back with another underachiever or not underachievers. It's not a Monday. It's that's a WNQ podcast. There's no Brian on this one. It's not even a Monday, and we're talking hockey. So I don't know why my mind went to that, but it's a WNQ podcast, which means we obviously are talking hockey here. And boy, like the last couple of podcasts since it's the off season, a lot, a lot has happened. Free agency opens tomorrow for players to be able to sign. I believe that's like in the afternoon at some point. Um, which is weird. That's in the middle of the week, but you know, it's, it is. it's whatever. I don't like I'm it, off. but then again, some people tomorrow, are off. Some people work. Not naming names. The good news is, I do have one one hour break, and so here's my question. Is it a specific time that all this begins, or is it like there's a specific just time first thing when tomorrow the, when the, morning when the when the next the essentially what happens? Special. But essentially what happens is frequency starts signifying the next calendar season. So after today, it's no longer 2020 2021. It's going to be 2021 2022 at that point. So that's when all the free agency stuff. But you are going to see a lot of signings, even though. One thing that they did not allow this offseason was um, any pre like interviews, pre talking to people, even though I'm sure it probably still happened under the books, but you can't reach out to like players, stuff like that right before uh, that. I don't believe that was a thing this offseason that could do anymore. Yeah. But obviously, it's gonna be weird. Yeah, it will be. Obviously, a lot has happened, especially for our own flyers' sakes. Um, they have been as, as, as has the Chicago Blackhawks yes. have been probably the two most busy teams this offseason. Before we do get started, we got a good amount of breaking news right off the bat here, Mike. Nate Schmidt appears to be willing to waive his new trade clause to go to the Winnipeg Jets. It sounds like Winnipeg, pending a trade call, um, he could be on his way to Winnipeg from Vancouver. So that's big for the Canucks because they've been looking to get rid of his contract. I feel they got him last year. They're clearing cap because earlier today they bought out Brayden Ho- uh, Brayden Hopi. Yes, they did. Also, uh, this or is least, an interesting one. At least did, I don't think it's gone through yet. They put him through unconditional waivers. That means he's going to be get bought out. Yes, this is also an interesting one. It sounds like, according to Frank Cervelli, uh, a couple hours ago, uh, this one I I, ju- I missed somehow, but it was just popping up for me. Hurricane, the Carolina Hurricanes are closing in on agreement with Tony D'Angelo. Sounds like it could be a one-year deal. Oh, no. There's a lot of interest, and in the opportunity to play for Bryn Moore was appealing. So I don't... Uh, I thought he was... Uh, I don't want to touch that one kind of player for most of these teams. Yeah. But I guess, no. I guess, yeah, that's uh, an interesting one. Yeah. That's not a great one there. Also, it seems Jake Virginia might have a new place, too. He might. He might. Um, also, oh, this may once be... complete, the Jets will send a third in 2022 to Vancouver for Schmidt. They have cleared, is... they have cleared a significant amount of cap. Hopi was one. I don't know why they brought him in there in the first place. Um, I'll put it this way: put, it was especially when you already so, have Demko. Well, I think um, it was more so as because wasn't Hopi available in the expansion draft? He was. It was more so, I think, to use that to. Per- to yeah, the yeah. slot to protect um, Thatcher Demko, which I completely get. So do I. 
Um, also, this may be some, it's surprising to me. I don't think it's really that surprising. Um, Martin Jones is no longer a San Jose Shark. He also he got, got bought, bought out. out. Uh, there was, oh, there, there's a few buyouts. James there's Neal. Ne- James Neal was the other one. Mm. Yeah, so a lot's been happening in the NHL. Um, I don't even know. And we'll get to, we'll get later yeah. on in terms of the Flyers aspects of this because I do want to. Yes, because there's a lot next, to break down. Not just from the Flyers, but in that sense too. Yeah. After all the moves they've made going forward, what else do they need to focus on this offseason? Yes. Um, um, let's think, start this off because it's been the longest thing. It's been a week uh, tomorrow since the draft happened. And to a lot of people's uh, mind, especially at Mitchell's, uh, not really to Mitchell's, but to a lot of people, um, Seattle didn't really take uh, any no. real big contracts or anything. This which was a very underwhelming expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. They took some good players. Other yeah. players, not so much where you go, huh? They took them. You know, it was very, very underwhelming. And obviously they did this in a way to have a lot of um, cap and stuff to be able to work with. So I'll put it this way. The more I look at it, I still don't like some of their picks, of course, but it gives them some depth. But also this is going to be pretty stacked for agency all the way around every position, basically. So this is probably the perfect free agency to do this. You yeah, gave I don't know Scott how many. I don't know and how a many. Lot of, yeah. Sorry. Finish your you thought. Go. I'll get to mine. You have Gabe Landeskog, you have a lot of other star players and just good top six players, top four D-men in general that are saying, hey, you could be worth looking at. Philip Denault sounds like he's out of Montreal. He could be done there. So that's another name to look at there. There's a lot of names in this upcoming free agency that hits, that starts tomorrow that will really turn your head saying, oh, you know what? This uh, – this could be someone you know that could be an option. Um, so there, there's a lot of names to watch out for. I think it's a kind of a risk because one, I don't know how many people feel about going to Seattle. Obviously, you'll go. They may use the argument, look what Vegas did in their first year. That could be Absolutely. us if you come to if you come to us. We can give you a lot of money. We have the cash space to do that now. So I don't know if that's going to be their spiel to people to try to run to Seattle. But there's there a lot. So that's an uphill climb. On a lot of positions, you can get ice time. And that's something that not many teams actually have the opportunity to offer. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if, because I, I don't know Ron Francis as a GM. I knew him at, what he was like as a player, but he, that's a completely different story of being a GM. Mm-hmm. Whole different ballgame. So I don't know on who he's going to go after. I don't know what kind of contracts he's going to offer. He could underbid on some others. He's going to overbid on players as well. We'll see. That's just what the offseason is. That's, That's just, what free agency exactly. is. Hot guys exactly. get. Even with even with the fixed gap or whatever, yes. it didn't really go up any. Um, there's a lot of yeah. um, overpaying. Van- Vancouver, great on this. Tyler Myers definitely does not deserve that contract, but he was... Supposedly supposed to be the best defenseman yes. when he was that free agent. Even Flyers and Kevin Hayes, they traded for his rights and maybe paid a little too much, but that's just kind of how it works. First year worked out great. Last season, kind of yeah. uh, down year for Hayes. 
I think he'll have a bounce back, but I'm just saying it's just what happens from this. Time. And again, to be fair, it was a bad year from everybody. It was, but I'm just saying he was another one who had issues. Um, but it's a completely different from how Vegas went in 2017. Um, and I think if I'm, if, cause I know I'm curious your thoughts on this, Jeffrey. Uh, yes. And if what if I was going to ask you this uh, one when the, after the expansion draft happened and afterwards, but I wanted to save this question for the podcast because I know you and NHL is completely different the video game and everything. You've done a ton of like expansion yeah. teams and everything. You've done your Vegas oh, yeah. ones when they were coming around and uh, now Seattle's and you know everywhere else. Um, what route would you have taken? Because I and I forget who said this. I think one of my Charlie or someone tweeted this out, and I kind of agree with it too. It's like I don't know how many teams, and the first thing I can think of is not even hockey related; it's football related, where you built your team mainly in free agency, and it worked. And the reason why I bring that up is because I feel like the Eagles tried that well, like 2011, bringing on all these big free agent yeah, signings, no, that, and it that didn't was a work. Dream team, and that failed miserably. Exactly, you can't build. I mean, sure, you could. You can try, but, but it, it, you, it's a big I'll risk. put it this way. The only sport you could do that realistically is basketball. If you have, like, let's say if you get, if you sign four elite players, mm-hmm. four out of a starting five, you're going to be set. You don't like, even need that. Like you see with, be, you just need that. That's got to eat up minutes. Yeah, kind of like what you see with Brooklyn. Exactly. Um, kind of like but, what you saw with uh, Golden State years ago when, when Kevin Durant went there. Yes. Um but going back to my question, which route would you have taken if seeing how Vegas went around it, where they took more chances, they got they traded for Flurry, they got made moves that at the time seemed like good moves for those teams trading these guys off, but completely backfired. Yeah. Or this more kind of subtle, you know, not taking too many risks, but having a lot of at or assets to kind of work with, or if people want your cap or whatever, you could say, hey. I want a couple picks. I want to actually kind of work with free agencies or build in from the draft. Which way? Yeah, that's. Um, that's honestly one. If if you were the GM in this scenario and you had you just got this expansion team, which way would you have gone? More Vegas or more Seattle? That's honestly such a great answer to this. I'm just curious what yours is. Yeah, no, I'll go first because I want to wait to hear your answer. I think it's such a great, great uh, question here because. When you look at both teams on like expansion draft wise, they're both looking at the a TSN that are great, like like side uh, by side comparing side by side expansion comparison. draft rosters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so let, let's do this real quick, just to just to compare the rosters here. I'll cover Vegas, you cover Seattle real quick, okay? Mm-hmm. So from Anaheim, you had Clayton Stoner, Arizona, Timo Polkanen. This is Vegas, by the way. And Colin Miller, Colin Miller, excuse me, from Boston. Buffalo, William Carrier, Derek England from Calgary, Connor Brickley, Carolina, Chicago, Trevor Van Breemsdale, Calvin Pickard, Colorado, William Carlson. That was a gem right there from Columbus. No one knew at the time. Cody Egan from Dallas, Detroit, Thomas Nosek, Adam Edmonton, Griffin Reinhardt, Jonathan Marshall, another pick, but that was because of a couple of trades. Um, LA Kings, Brady McNabb, great pick there, in my opinion. Eric Holland, underrated pick from Minnesota. Alexi Emelin from Montreal. James Neal played a huge role from Nashville. John Merrill from the Devils. J.F. Baruby from the Islanders. Oscar Lindbergh from the Rangers. Mark Lathot from Ottawa. Philadelphia, Pierre Edward Belmar. Fleury after a trade from uh, Pittsburgh. David Slumko from the Sharks. David Perron from St. Louis. 
Jason Garrison from the Lightning, Brendan Leipzig from Toronto, Lucas Spiza from Vancouver, Nate Schmidt from Washington, and Chris Thorburn from Winnipeg. So that was with the um, Bank, sorry, the Vegas Golden Knights roster after the expansion draft. And this is uh, what Seattle's expansion draft yes. looked like. A from lot last differently. Week. A lot differently. And A lot differently. I'll get to that later. Yeah. But starting off in Anaheim, because they didn't really make any trades with any of these teams, they kind of went with, oh, because the teams in this sense, like the Flyers, essentially, there were a lot of rumors that um, that it would be like Voracek or JVR because they had big contracts and the Flyers wanted to get rid of it. It's like, okay, uh, what if you took this guy? We'll give you some compensation for it if you did that. And they're like, eh, no, we're not going to do that. So when they made the trade to get Ryan Ellis, which we'll kind of break down a little bit later because I don't think we actually did that. Um, they were going to protect Noah Patrick, but after that trade, they tried to knack because they didn't want that to happen, but they still did it. And that's a lot of yeah. these cases for a lot of these guys. Or in Toronto's case, they traded for McCann. And, and he, they still got burned because yeah. they had to protect their big four, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they took him because, yeah. oh, you're just getting this guy. We're taking him. But yeah. anyways, this is how Seattle came out of it. So from Anaheim, they got Hayden Flurry from Arizona, very underway when he was here for the Flyers. Uh, Tyler Pick, Pitlick, who they then traded to Calgary, right? Jeffrey? Uh, Pitlick, yes, for a fourth round pick. Yes, thank you. From Boston, Jeremy Lausanne. I actually think that was a good pickup there. That was um, an interesting one, and and we'll break down, you know, kind of like after after you go over the the list, we'll break down a couple of those picks real close. From Buffalo, William Burgeon. From Calgary, Mark Giordano. Carolina, Mark and Geeky. Chicago, John Quinville. From Colorado, Jonas Donskoy. From Columbus, Gavin Beruther. Uh, from Dallas, Jamie Oleksiak. Uh, from Detroit, Dennis Chalowski. Adam Larson from Edmonton, Chris Drager from Florida, Curtis McDermott from the Kings, Carson Sowski uh, from Minnesota, Kale Flurry, the other Flurry, both brothers from Montreal, uh, from Nashville, Kale Yonkroak, uh, Nathan Bastian from the Devils, Jordan Eberle, which I love that they took him, from the Islanders, Colin Blackwell from the Rangers, uh, Joey. Decord from Ottawa, Carson Tewarski of all people from Philadelphia, uh, Brandon Tana from Pitt- Pittsburgh. I think he actually could play, play a big key in their depth. Uh, Alexander True, what, what a great last name. Uh, Vince Dunn from <laughs> St. Louis, Yanni Gord, that he was the one guy that took from Tampa Bay. I thought for sure it was going to be Johnson. It was not. Uh, Yanni Jared Gord McCann, was not like, from Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Jared McCann, like I just mentioned, uh, from Toronto. Cole Lind from Vancouver, Vincent Vanacek from Washington, and finishing it off, Mason Appleton from Winnipeg. Um, yeah, so when, like what you mentioned, these are two very different teams. They're you very different clearly, teams. You can clearly tell what Vegas is trying to do from day one. They're, now, some of their picks I did not agree with for Vegas. Like, I'm, like come on, like, Timu Pokenen, you know, Connor Brickley, I kind of get, Gr- Griffin Reinhardt, Alexi Emeline, you know, mm-hmm. Brendan Leipzig. Like, some of these guys, they're very questionable picks. 
know, obviously now we know about like guys like Jonathan Marshall and William, you know, uh, Carlson Brandon McNabb. Oh, in, and, and Brandon McNabb. Well, McNabb, I knew some of in LA. So I thought that was actually always a good pick, but Marshall, I didn't know his game in Florida. Uh, Carlson, I never even heard of until he got to Vegas, you know, so it's got to wait and see. So kind of to answer your question though, after comparing these teams, it's it honestly it all depends on who's available. So, but I'll put it this way: if you have a team available like what Seattle had, though, you got to be smart with your money. You got to be smart with your picks because you want to have the chance to, you know, because this is a, a pretty legitimate free agency class tomorrow that starts, and it's like there's some legitimate options out there. Like, you know, it's it's you've got to really consider it. So it's it's actually a lot tougher than. I was going to say, it's almost a 50-50 right down the middle. But if you had to pick one, if I'm forced my head all the way left or all the way right and I had to make a decision, I got to go Vegas' route. Like, it's definitely a bold risk on – a very bold risk on trying to build your frequency. But keep in mind, though, something Seattle can do, though, just because, you know, they got these guys in and, and, and also they're, you know um, – you know, they got these guys during the expansion draft and whatnot, and they have a lot of cap space. They can use some of those picks that they got or can, you know, kind of held on to and say, hey, like, you know, let's let's use this and get some other big name players in the trade. Like, just because, you know, it's only July, the season doesn't start till October. There's still time for trades. Like, That's people are wheeling and dealing. Yeah, teams are still wheeling and dealing. So, you know, it's 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 never too late for a trade. But I think what Ron Francis probably had in mind is he knew this is going to be a deep free agency class, like a deep class. So I feel like almost in his mind, you can't go wrong. My personal preference, though, is I depending on what's in front of me, I would probably build in the expansion draft. Yes, you have to be careful with money and cap because you want you don't want to build your team right away and leave yourself screwed for years to come. Also, one thing I will say, I love what he did. He doesn't have that many con. Uh, I'll put it this way: it's not this year, but next year is the only year where he has many, many contracts to worry about to resign. Other than that, it's only a small handful of, of um, contracts. Like this year, he's four RFA's to resign. If I'm not mistaken, all four got an offer, which makes sense. Um, you have one, two, three, four, five RFAs next year, three UFAs the following year. And then uh, from there, it's two or three UFAs or and or RFAs within the next couple years after that. So he's locked up his guys. Like some of these guys, they're signed kind of like long term, like Larson, Drager, Jamie Lexiak, Brandon Tanev, Yanni Gord, even Jordan Everly. He's still locked up for a couple more years. Like, some of these, a couple of their main key guys, they're locked up, and that's important for sure. It is. And for me, obviously, it's easier to say now because we know how Vegas turned out that in the first year they went all the way to the cup finals. They lost, and, you know, they still make yeah, that questionable move season or two ago, even if it was like five seasons ago, letting Galan go. Dumbest thing they've done, I think, so far. Letting Other than what they did today and not letting Flurry know that they traded him away. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Twitter. letting Hugo. Trading Flurry oh, away on, and on. not yes. letting him know that, or him finding out on Twitter. You know, sorry, I was talking about Gallant, but yes, no, that, that was dumb. Yeah. Um, just two dumb things that uh, Vegas yeah. 
has had to deal with in their short time. But I think there's two ways to go about it. I think Seattle, Vegas went um, not necessarily this uh, easier route, but I think they went with, we need to make a statement almost right away. So the first thing they do, because they know uh, Flurry uh, could be out there just because at that time they had Drari coming up and uh, Murray, who they just won back to back cups with. So he wasn't going to be lasting long. So we're like, okay, yeah. he could be available. If he can waive his no trade cards and come here, we got our goalie. We have our face. We have yeah. a face. We are having an identity now because the fear that came in with Vegas was is this really going to be a hockey town or is this just going to be exciting because it's a sport and betting? Do they care for the team or because of the event and it being Vegas? And I'll tell you that. And that's and I why I think 4,000, 5,000 people bought season tickets within like 10 minutes. They did. For same, Vegas. Same with Seattle. They bought their Seattle was triple that, I think. Like mm-hmm. they sold out, I think, on that within like the first few hours kind of thing. And people care with these expansion drafts. It's not, oh, like, you know, like for Vegas, like you said, perfect example there, Mike, is, oh, like it's all about, you know, betting. And, and you know, no, they care. Their fans are passionate as hell and they, they love their Vegas Gold Knights for sure. I think a lot of it has to do with how they did in that first year. Absolutely. And I think they went with, we have to make the statement almost right away. So now we've mentioned, fair, we've mentioned one, their first three picks that they've made in their franchise history. They traded them away. They're, so they're worried about now. And they've made a bunch of great moves since then. They've yeah. gotten stone. They've gotten Pacioretty. They've gotten a lot of Leonard. They've got a lot of good people. On that team now, too. I will say really quickly is it, it was leading up a few days before the home opener, unfortunately, that year for the Vegas Golden Knights, there is that unfortunate, yeah, horrific yeah, yeah, yeah. mass shooting in Vegas at the concert. And that's another thing and that, that, that role. and that played a huge role in that season for Vegas. They right. wanted the community to feel their like, like, just let them know their voices are heard and say, Hey, we're here with you the whole way. And that team went up that year, no matter where they're on now, like Nate Schmidt, he was on Vancouver and he's getting ready to go to Winnipeg. And, and you, know, um, you know, wherever these guys are now, Flurry, he's going to Chicago. That team, that first Flurry year. Flurry loved Vegas too. He didn't really yeah, want to leave. No, I don't blame him. That first year, though, those players are all bonded together because of that year. And they had one of the most rare years you could ever have for an expansion draft. And even more rare if you win it all, which they could have, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but they're, they'll forever be bonded because of that season. But it all started, you know, with the expansion draft saying, and same thing with these guys for uh, for Seattle. The, no matter what sport is the expansion draft is, you know, your former team, unfortunately, left you unprotected. No offense, but they don't, they didn't have a use for you anymore. And Vegas picked it perfectly. Seattle, hopefully we'll see, you know, how they play out. And I, I, I do hope, wish them the best for this season. I, I, I don't want them to have a down year. Yeah, I, I always like to see expansion drafts, you know, have some hope. I, I'm not surprised if they do bad. But, I, you know, if they can make a good story from here on out, then, you know, that would be awesome. But, you know, it's it's up to the players and the, and also really the coaches and mentors saying, hey, like, guys, like this, we got to find a way to come together. 
and expansion draft is a great way to start it. It is, and I think Seattle wants the part of, and I don't think they're going to make, they may make a splash or two, but I don't think they're going to make a huge splash in free agency. Um, I wouldn't be surprised either way on that, but, and for my argument, I think they went more, we want to look for not just right now, but the future. So a lot of the guys they got outside of Giordano are like Andrew just barely entering their thirties or in their twenties. They got young guys. So they're building for the future. So they're more being a little more patient on that, which is great. And I think the difference for Seattle is, and compared to Vegas is, I think there's a clear idea of, who could be that leader and who will be at the captain. Right. And that's obviously. And, be and, and also one Jordana. thing that really helped that year kind of going back to Vegas was Derek England. He was a Vegas resident or it, it is actually in, you know, and, and uh, he was, although he was their pick, he really just signed there with Vegas and, and he was the voice, you know, for that year, although they didn't have a captain at that time, of course, now it's Mark Stone. Yep. He's their voice now. Um, Derek it took a couple of seasons before they got their captain where Seattle, I think it's very much known. I could, I could be wrong, but I think it's going to be Jordan. If it's, yeah, it's so tough because so like you mentioned, and also like perfect example, the only true guy you could really argue for a legitimate captaincy was Derek England, but you don't have to be the best player to get the captaincy. There's been Belmar multiple. Did. I think Belmar did that for not. I think they didn't have a captain. Oh but no! They had oh al- yeah, he, he, he but... had an alternate A on his jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the the actual C. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, that too though. But you know, so there are everyone. Every locker room will always have a voice, but for a true like with the actual C on their on their such on their jersey, they didn't have a legitimate player that you could pick. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they all had a lot of later voices, but. I always think with an expansion draft, it's a little too early to pick a captain like that. Now with Mark Giordano, that's a different story. You could absolutely argue because he's been the captain of the Calgary Flames for the last five, ten, however many years. And he's a great leader, clearly. I thought for sure, and I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if that he's just a one year in Seattle and then he's done. Because I thought for sure he'd be another one like Ovechkin that would just finish his career out and one place. Yeah. You're not All wrong. Right. Speaking of which, uh, Vetchkin did sign for a five year yes. deal earlier today. Yeah. Moving um, on a little bit. Um, yes. But that's how that expansion draft went. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's always interesting to compare these expansion drafts. I, I do love it and see who's available. I think Seattle could have been a lot smarter with their picks. No, wait, but no, like you mentioned, it, it looks like that Seattle's going the free agency route. But this is the year to do it if it's, if you're looking for, Get some assets, you get cap space in a very tight cap world, which it is. Then you could see a lot of pieces get moved from from uh, Seattle here. You could, in order to make it work. We'll know more tomorrow, obviously, once it all starts. And not and see how busy all they are. deals get signed on day one. People need to keep uh, that in mind. Just remember last year, or I guess it was, even though it was a shorter off season. In the last offseason, because there was only like a couple yeah. months span between the playoffs ending and the next season starting, um, that took a little longer for people to sign. And I know baseball, yes. it's always they wait so long, so long. Harper and Machado. Yeah. Um, but in the NHL sense, a lot of the bigger names, the ones that you know will probably get signed 
end up signing that first day. And then some of the more depth people. Some will sign. yes, some no. Yeah. Um, there, some guys wait to see big... what the offers are exactly. and then go up against exactly. that. So uh, I could see Lando Scott doing that, seeing what offers come his way before he decides. It sounds like Colorado did offer him a seven, eight year deal his way. We'll see what happens, but I mean, what's, I think I think he's gone because the fact that it took him this long to send a legitimate offer, if that's even what he's looking for, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, like. Well, eight, one, well, one Easter captain, but two, and his case, what gives him the best chance to win? And my thinking it's is true. you are leaving Colorado. And even though Colorado hasn't been able to get out of the second round, really, there's no better team, especially in you the West to be. Yeah, Not only that. So you can't go to Tampa Bay because they're capturing like That's, hell. Oh yeah, they're clearly not gonna, they're not even going to no. come close. No, no, but no I'm just if you go to general, Seattle, like, let's say it's going to take some time. No, seven, eight years. Who knows? And maybe they yeah. can be a surprise like Vegas was their first year. Not only that, but but there's a young enough guy who was a captain who could be a captain. But I mean, if you put him with Yanni Gord and um, who else did they get or Eberle or whoever, that's got a decent first line. I that's mean, a solid first line. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is, just because you have a bunch of good players, or however you want to put it, you can't just throw them all online and say, oh, here, top players, you can go play together. They got to have chemistry. Now, I think all these guys, just like with Vegas, you, they're going to have a comment. These guys didn't want to protect you. That's the nature of the beast. You know, you're on our team now. But let's kick some ass together kind of but, thing. And- but looking at, going, looking at our uh, crystal ball here, Jeffrey, here are a couple of the bigger names uh, heading free agency tomorrow. So you got Ryan Getzlaff, another guy who I thought will end his career in Colorado, uh, Anaheim. Doesn't sound like he's putting up the skates yet. He will, he is going to test the market. Obviously, Parise and Ryan Suter, who are now, it appears in reports, they are actually willing to not play with each other. Yes, it has been reported that it is more than unlikely that both Suter and Parisi will most likely not play on the same team together. Uh, if it's it, it's it's more than unlikely for it to happen, I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's not impossible, but it's rather unlikely. It's the best way to put it. Now, I assume he's going to come back. Um, both these next two guys, David Krejci and Tuka Rask or Osco, Osco, also free agents. Osco, um, did Stepan retire or is he still playing? Stefan, he is still playing. He had, he was out all year with a broken leg last year. Oh, that's right. He's the Flyers also... have apparently, keyword apparently, been rumored to look at him. Yes, he is also on there. This guy is no longer on there because of the Flyers, but Keith Yandel is, was a free agent, but has now been signed as the Philadelphia Flyers, not officially One yet. year, $900,000 deal. This compared is a Kevin to the contract he, deal. Yes, compared to the contract he just had, which was six point almost six point four million dollars. Uh, and that then says you have, a lot about Yans right there. Then you also have David Backus. He's still in the league. He's still kicking it. Alex Edler, Brandon, Brandon Saad, who I believe you think is could potentially resign, but another name out there, uh, Brandon Dubinsky. I don't think he's playing. Uh, he's retired. Yeah, I was gonna say I think he's retired, but he's still on here. Uh, Jones, Jones just got bought out. Uh, Steen, wherever D- uh, Doug Hamilton goes. Uh, James Neal, who was just bought out. I love that Madness getting still on there. Yeah, Zajac, 
uh, Gabe Landeskog, uh, Nick Foligno, who may be rumored to go to Edmonton, which I actually think if he did go to Edmonton, I think he's, he's also be, been linked on going to Minnesota as well. So Minnesota yeah. or Edmonton. I was going to say if it, if it's if I'm Edmonton, I would totally try to get him just because you need some kind of depth person that can help you defensively, especially forward wise, yes. and he would be able to do that. You don't need to worry about offense with him because he's not going to put much offense. You just have to worry about defense. And when you have McDavid and Drysaddle putting up all the numbers they have to put up, you don't have to worry about yeah. offense. Um, and then uh, I'm just doing the top twenty that are yep. on here. Uh, after Felino, you got Alex Goligoski from Arizona. But those are some of the guys you can look forward to potentially signing tomorrow. Um, I'd be very interested to see where some of these guys go. Uh, if they resign, guess off. I obviously the top three guys I just mentioned probably aren't Krejci. I just assume he's just going to finish his career in Boston. Why not? And Tuka, I'm just on the impression he's just going to, again, why would you lower your goaltending by getting rid of Tuka Rask? You're already more than likely going to lose Halak. Because again, as for being bought out today, he has been rumored to be potentially uh, Vancouver wanting to go after him. After yeah. a lock. So we'll see how that plays um, out. But a lot of things have happened. Uh, I'm going to break down some of these trades. Um, some of these bigger ones that have happened over the last uh, couple of days or so. Obviously, it really the mark- starts on the 24th yeah, with us, just, with Philly. Yep, I'm just going to go down from more recent. Um, so, okay, obviously, like we just mentioned, the Flurry trade with no cap uh, retention at all, uh, being traded to Vegas for Mikhail Hakranin. Hakranin? Yeah, close sorry enough. If I'm, sorry if I'm butchering your name. But uh, here's last the night, thing: they got seven mil cap space from that. Do you know how dangerous of a mention, game you're playing? Not to mention, mentioned, mentioned, you just spent. A lot for Keith Jones. <laughs> Granted, Seth I will Jones. say this, Seth Jones. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> um, uh, Flurry is only here for a year left. He's got one year left on his contract. Yeah. It w- now. I just want to put something out very quickly. It was rumored that he might not play, and he might retire. However, he's thinking of his. He's thinking future. about his future and everything. However, it does sound like. Um, for Flurry, he will potentially play. Yeah. Um, I hope they don't end up getting uh, Eichel. Just that seems... would be ridiculous. Yeah, it would be. Um, and I see a lot of people, I saw the one tweet you responded to saying that because they got Seth Jones and Flurry, now they're a cup favorite. Finalist, yeah. So like, some some you're reporter not, you're not, you're not even out. a top. The, they're barely a playoff contender. Now yeah. the fact that Flurry, who might may or may not be playing, we'll see if that happens. You get Seth Jones, yeah, that's great, and it's fine it for this year because contender. Jones's contract doesn't take effect until next season, so you don't have to worry about the nine and a half mil that he's going to pay yes. average annual for the next. I think it was like eight, six, eight years. I don't know. We'll just just be sure. Uh, yeah. It was six years, thirty-two point four million. So five point. Oh, sorry, that's the one he's on now. It was eight years, uh, seventy-six mil, nine and a half average annual. That's a lot for Seth Jones. Um, 
which again, you can kind of see why the Flyers kind of went out of the Seth Jones camp. Um, but hey, you got your face now after uh, Kane and Taze are gone. But obviously, they're yeah. in the same field places the Flyers kind of are in that they want to make moves to be able to compete again while they still have those guys in their prime. We're still producing yes. enough for them. So in their cases, these two moves make sense in that they could, even though it could just be a one-year thing with Flurry, um, you have that chance. Let's just also not forget they did have Leonard and they traded him away. <laughs> yeah. Who's now in Vegas? Who would now be the starting goaltender? Which is going to be interesting. It will be. So I'm, I'm very curious on. Again, you're still, even though you got those two guys, you're still behind Colorado and Vancouver for, or Vancouver, Vegas for me. Vegas. So absolutely. you're at least, you're going to probably be in the playoffs now because the West just isn't great, but you're maybe third in the central. But I, I don't even think that because I think Dallas will have a bounce back year. I think COVID. I kind of hope so. COVID yeah, no, kind COVID, of knocked them out. COVID, last year. COVID knocked them out of everything. And COVID so affects think, everyone differently. But they it really knocked down Dallas because yeah. look how much setback they had. And they also had injuries, so they had a lot of issues. Yeah. But I think this season, next upcoming season, I think they could be their third. So I think either third or wild card would be Chicago, yeah. if I had to guess. Um, but it's still not, not great because if you're in the wild card, you are more than likely, hopefully not, in their case, playing Colorado. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so that, that was definitely a big trade today. Uh, there was the second 2022, second 2023, uh, second as well, excuse me, for Brendan Dillon from the Caps to the Jets. Uh, the Jets, I'm oh, sorry, Caps get 3.9 mil in cap space and they get two second rounders in return, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, also a big deal. This one, I, I think I think Florida is doing something sneaky here. I'm not going to lie. They got rid of Anton Stroman, who's uh, uh, Anton Stroman, Vladislav Kolchonek, uh, in a 2024 second for a 2023 seventh-round pick. I think Florida is going to make a play for one of these big-name free agents. I don't know they've if been they linked, can get them. Been, I think they've been linked to, like, Suter. I don't know about Parise, but... I know they've been. I'm talking like possibly. Well, let's see here. They still have to sign Landis Gog. They did resign they Sam have, Reinhardt. Did they actually sign him? Did they resign uh, Sam Reinhardt to like a five year deal? Okay. It's just yeah, not announced yet on Cat Friendly. Yeah. Uh, Wenberg, they have to resign Lucas Walmart. Yeah. Nikita Gusev, Yuho Lomiko, Brandon Montour. Uh, they have to um, resign those guys. That just really hurts seeing that 10 mil cap hit for Bob. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything about that. You just can't. You, can't. you gotta have to suck no. it up. Yeah. Um, but uh, my my point is though, with another five mil cleared up, I mean that. that they also is, just extended uh, Sam Bennett to Florida. Yeah, five and a half mil cleared up from Charlotte. So yeah, I, think I always say it. Big. I always say it. Could it be the year for Florida next season? Dude, I hope so because I I would actually thoroughly enjoy seeing the Florida Panthers make a run. Their depth is really coming together. So because you just got Bennett or not, you got Bennett during the trade last trade deadline or whatever. Um, you just got Sam Reinhardt. I'm assuming you're going to get. My guess is you'll probably get Suter, which means your defense is going to get a little better. 
Aaron Eckblad is going to be back for you as well. Um, and sorry, Montreal. They're going to be without Weber for a while, and maybe his career might be over now. Um, I don't know how bad Price's injury is. Apparently, he may be able to start the next season, but I think next season might be a lost season for Montreal. It, it definitely could be, um, unless I read it as someone else, which is certainly possible. Glasgow doesn't even nuts for me. Um, I think price keyword could be, it's not guaranteed. He could be ready for um, October. I could be completely wrong. I know I probably misread that. That's a report I thought I saw. Um, so I, I, so I, regardless if it's you, Mike, or someone else, you know, that's listening to this or, why I or watching is because Florida is better. You still have to throw Boston in there. Toronto's good in season. And obviously the cup winners are in your division. It's getting a lot harder. Wild card isn't that much easier either. So for Montreal, it's going to be a little iffy. Uh, and Florida is making the right moves to be able to actually improve. They got rid of some like cap. I said, getting rid like of I said, and, and I think Strawman was a liability for them for a couple of years, to be honest. Um, I think that I think that they're going to do something big here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and then you had really the next. There's big a lot trade. of a lot of trades after of that remorse. So, yeah, during the draft, and then you had oh, you did have Sam Reinhart yep. go to Florida from Buffalo for Devin Levi, who was apparently a top prospect, which I didn't know for Florida in 2022 conditional first. Which it, if the pick is in the top ten, the pick will be exchanged with Florida's 2023 first round pick. So that was a big one there. Um, then before that, the next big one was Philadelphia. You had the yes. Flyers trade Jake Voracek, his entire contract for Cam Atkinson, one for one, no salary retained. So the Flyers get 2.37 mil in cap space in this trade. Mm-hmm. One for one, Voracek's 8.25 mil cap hit is gone. Welcome, Cam Atkinson's 5.87 mil cap hit. The only difference is in yes. the terms of these contracts, Atkins is one year longer than Vortex is. Yes, which I actually love. I love this deal from the moment it broke. This is a great deal for the Flyers. They add a finish. They, they, get, they add a guy who can play in the top six and on the just, wing let's who just put is this a into, shooter first. Let's mentality. put this into perspective too. So in last season alone, even the last couple of seasons, he's kind of not really struggled, but... Um, Last season, in the 56 games, he put 15 goals. That may not seem a lot. That's really not that much. Yeah. But in terms of the Flyers and their goal scorers, in that sense, if he was on this team, he would have been fifth behind Drew, Van Riemsdyk, Couturier, and Farabee, just ahead of Hayes and Konechny. So... He's at least a top five goal scorer on your team, potentially. Also, if yeah. you can get back to his 20 to, I doubt it's going to happen because that you don't get better as you don't really get better as you get older and he's entering his mid thirties. So the better of his career is unfortunately probably behind him, but he can still provide you a good amount of offense. So let's say 25 to 30 goals. That's what I'm hoping for him. Um, and then you add, because connected to have a neck, uh, down year, I assume he's going to have a, a axe to grind for next season. So again, 
another potential for another 25 to 30 goal season. If Faraby can do what he did last year, where he put up 20 goals again, I think he can. I think he can put you up just, 25. I just mentioned three guys in that span of, in that second that could give you potentially 25 to 30 goals, which for the most part, for the last couple of years for the Flyers was mainly the first line of Drew, Couturier, Konechny. And then everything else was just spread out team-wise. I'll put it this way. It's, it's going to be a little more difficult. Um, but for the most part, I'm okay with the trade. Um, obviously, by the end of it, I don't think it's going to be the same. I've, Atkinson, I'm saying. Yeah. Because what it runs in... 2024, 20, 25, 25, and these types not going to be the same. He, he very may well right now, not be the same player. For by right the end now, of it's his a good contract. move. For so. right now, I, I think I think it's a great move. Makes sense Especially for Columbus. for being They're, able to get rid of Vortex contract and not having to do and, and the entire thing, not eating, and giving, any, yeah, getting anything back for that trade. That was big. Um, so I I do love love this trade a lot. Um, you know, in Atkinson, he's. He's definitely pumped to be here in Philadelphia. He's said it multiple times in his, in his press conference with Philly. Um, I, and again, I really, I'm still in the specific suspicion that the reason why the Flyers were not were all, where he was fine with going on his modified you no know, trade move or whatever, mm-hmm. why he was on there was because of Scott Hartnell. Hartnell definitely played a big and some role of the, and, and some of the Kevin connections, Hayes but I think a it was role, I'm sure. main, mainly his, Scott Hartnell. Yeah, because he gave his wife the gritty jersey that he or shirt, the gritty that shirt he wore, that he wore on his introduction to the press, which is yes. amazing. Um, yes, I thought, that and was he impressive. also mentioned how great Philadelphia was, even though it's kind of be can be annoying to play in, but yeah. a great place to kind of play in. So he's kind of and his wife hey, loves gritty. He should, yeah, he should. He's just pretty much saying, "Hey, you know, if you ever want to, I'm sure here. we could. I could put in a good word to make a trade for you." Yeah, not that so, anyone has any uh, you know, access to that, but I'm just saying it just seems yeah. like you yeah, know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He played with both these um, guys, though. He played yeah, he with did. Atkinson and Vorchuk. Uh, Scott Hartnell. He did. That's right. Um, all right. Before that, we had before the NHL draft started. We talked about it, but we didn't break down the trade. We had Seth Jones, a 2021 first-round pick, which turned out to be Nolan Allen uh, for Chicago, a 2022 six-round pick, which is coming as a pick. In exchange for Adam Bockwist, a 2021 first-round pick, 12th overall, Cole Sillinger, what a great freaking pick there for Columbus. They had a hell of a draft, in my opinion, especially with the first round. 2021 uh, second-round pick, 44th overall, which was Alexi. Jaime Salome, excuse me, uh, for Columbus in 2022 conditional first, which if Chicago wins one of the three draft, one of the 2022 draft lotteries, the pick becomes their 2023 first round pick. So that was a huge one there. And then automatically right after that, Seth Jones signed a huge deal, which we just mentioned with the Chicago Blackhawks, which we mentioned Um, earlier that day as well. Anton Roussel, Jay Beagle, and Louis Erickson, all the bit along with his contract that Vancouver had, uh, 2022nd second round pick and 2023 seventh round pick, exchange for Connor Garland, who signed a five year deal, and Oliver Ekman Larson. They retained 12% of his contract. Out of all of this, somehow magically, Vancouver comes away with 
an extra plus $4.74 million in cap space, which they essentially used to sign, re-sign Connor Garland. Yeah. So I really love this deal for Vancouver. I don't get how you can trade a bunch of scrap players with big contracts. Yeah, you traded up ninth overall, which turned out to be Dylan Gunther. And that was huge for Vancouver. Sorry, um, Arizona, because they didn't have a first-round pick. Remember, they got it uh, yeah. forfeited yeah. because of their uh, sneaky sneakiness and, you know, doing illegal things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, draft tampering and whatnot. And I mean, for v- Vancouver, I know Beckman Larson's kind of been underwhelming the last couple seasons or whatever. Yeah, so I, I still think, think I think this is great it, for him. And we'll get to it when we talk to the Flyers. And not only that, but I, I because, think it's great for a guy like in a different um, role. Yeah. But he could play with Quinn Hughes. That could be a pretty good deal. That would be a great defensive pair, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's big. Uh, before that, you had Sammy Blade and a 2022 second for the Blues go to New York Rangers in exchange for Pavel Bichnevich, who signed for a contract. I don't know why they the Rangers did that. I was pretty surprised. I love Sammy Blade, but to get Bichnevich, I I was very surprised that they did that. All-around yeah, so shocking I. trade, um, and they re-signed him. And then before that, you had the Rasmus Ristolainen yeah, deal. Yeah, this wasn't my favorite. This trade, one but... was not my favorite. 14th overall, which technically should have been 13th overall, but it still is 14 for some reason, whatever. Haig in 2023, second round pick in exchange for Ristolainen. Um, he is a 5.4 cap hit. This year. And he is one year remaining. It does sound like, though, that Chuck Fletcher would love to re sign Ristolainen. Now, he still has to play. I'm still curious how it's going to go. This is a high mm-hmm. risk, in my opinion. Again, I don't medium think... reward trade. High risk trade. Mm-hmm. So, so I've been very animate and text to Jeff about and I've been very some, animate on Twitter alone. Yes, I don't really get animate on Twitter, but I do enjoy when Jeff does. Um, <laughs> but I've talked, texted back and forth with you and Mitch on this, and I'm just, just because. What does Mitch threw, think? I'm curious. That was way too much for Ristolain, who's never been, you know, great. And then his words is um, off the puck is he's kind of a dum dum. <laughs> You're not wrong. Perfect example to describe Rasmus Ristolain. He's a dum dum. He, he literally lost his balance and he checked himself into the boards. And he fell down. One of the funniest videos I've ever seen. Yes. Um, but I wouldn't remind it if he didn't throw the first round pick. If it was just Robert Haig and a second round pick, I would have probably been fine no, with it. I would have been fine. I would have been fine with it. He's not worth the first round what? pick. No, but, he's just because you are a former first round pick does that mean you're worth a first round pick. Now, no. keep in mind, the reason I was pissed off about this trade at first, especially, and still kind of am, well, that, but... Ristolainen is not worth a first round pick. Now, also, especially because that's just is because you could have used that 13, 13th overall. That's a pretty decent spot to be in, especially if you have another pick. You can get in the top three, top four. Hey, listen you to could me, have though. used that pick to, because there's no way, everyone knew that Philly was getting rid of it. There, there was no doubt. What I was mad about was Chuck Fletcher could have easily used that trading chip 
to get a legitimate, or, you know, top six forward kind of thing. Or Sam Reinhardt. Sam Reinhardt, well, who I think he's more of a worth of first round pick than Rousseau, but here we are. But I will say this in terms of the Flyers' third pair, even though it's going to be playing second pair, which isn't my favorite. He's, he's going to be second. Because um, I think he's just a third pair defenseman. Um, because a lot of uh, don't look at his stats. They, none, none of the stats are good for Ristolainen. Analytically, he's god awful. He's terrible. Mm-hmm. But the I'll give him a bone here. Yeah. He is better than both Haig and Morin combined. Yes. But you if you're telling me, because I keep seeing people, kept seeing people say, um, well, the Flyers defense with this is a lot better than it was last year. And they always did the, the pairs that were at the that, that at the end where Braun was on your second or uh, Hague or whoever was on the second pair. Realistically, that second pair should have been Sandheim and Myers and Myers is better than Rissalainen. In my opinion. I, I think so. Yeah. So in that sense, um, sure. Only, because yeah, the, the, the reason why the defense reason is better now is because of- or was better now is because before the uh, potential of signing. Uh, the only other big difference is was getting Ellis. Ristolainen is a very big physical defenseman who puts the living fear into he t- he puts I'll fear into this. people. It, it's like I'll put this way: it, it, it's not. Oh my god! It's like, it's not. It's not like it's Chris Pronger here because that's a whole new level where Chris he, Pronger or uh, Zidane Chara. If you're thinking he's going to be one of those guys, kind of he will not be. <laughs> yes. So I'll put this way: he's definitely a tough guy. Like he will fight probably anyone on the ice and do whatever. I assume you know, that's yeah. That's the physicality that is there, the height is there. He can clear I also up don't doubt no his problem. personality. And I know a lot of people yeah. say he's great character and everything. Oh, I I believe it. Just just defense. I'm not talking about wise, his character at all. I'm talking about his. Play. No, we're, we're talking about his play as a natural defenseman. He's 26. You know the defenseman you're going to get. I don't know. Yeah. Buffalo wasn't great, and a lot of people want to say, "Oh, well, Buffalo wasn't great." First in the, off, in the Liga league, he was a minus player in that league. And if you're a player, a minus player in the Liga league, that shows you what kind of player you could be. But also, getting. he was playing with Darlene. Darlene could have taken more, at least in the last few seasons. Uh, Darlene could have taken more of the pressure off him. Yeah. But I know a lot of people say, "Well, he's going to be on the second pair." Well, if in that sense, in the less ice time, sure, he may play a little bit better, but ever saying, because Sandheim's a good defenseman, but I don't think he's worthy if he's struggling to carry the two. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of risk in getting Ristolainen. I get getting risk. him. I know I they really love the righty-lefty thing, but, you know. We did need another right-hand defenseman. I, I, I will agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's just the price is way too much. I get it. it They're is. trying to do something now, which I appreciate and get instead of waiting around to do something. Yes, but but now I'm I'm slowly kind of warming up to it. Um, if we use the right too. way, I'm trying to give it some time and, and not because he's essentially a better version of Morin. Morin. Yeah, and the way I would want to use Morin is similar to not as a forward. As a forward, now it would be the same way I'd use Ristolainen. PK, clear the cage. Make sure our goalies can see. Yeah. The only fear don't I let Anders Lee, is... don't let these guys, don't let uh, Tom Wilson, don't let these big guys get in my our goalie's eyes and take yeah. his eyes away. Not only that, but don't 
block your goalie. Just like That's Justin Braun one. has. Yes. Just like Andrew McDonald has in the past. You, if you're there in the front of the net, your job is to box people out, block pucks. But at the same time, you got to know where your goalie's eyes are going. You got to understand where your goalie's behind you on the ice. You got to understand, hey, am I blocking my goalie? Even if you take a 0.2 second look, quick, I'll say quick this over too. your shoulder, you got to do it just to say, oh, gosh, I'm, let me move so he can see a clear path. A lot of these moves, Ellis included, and when we get Ek, uh, I keep saying, want to say Ekblad, but it's not Ekblad, it's Yandel. Um, yeah. All these guys essentially were brought here, not necessarily just because of their playing, because they're an upgrade. It's also because they're good in the locker room. And a lot of the issues Chuck both thought, or was it reason why the Flyers struggled last season, was because maybe the locker room wasn't the best or whatever. There wasn't not enough voices and stuff like that so they brought a little more guys who can be a little more of a character and all this thing that will suck though and losing robert Haig, um oscar Lindblom's losing his best friend yes he's losing and, his and best that, friend who was there for him when he got his cancer diagnosis so i'm sure for him it's gonna suck more just because he was your on the flyers he was your best friend and obviously, we mentioned that before when we talked about the Ellis trade, Konechny losing uh, Patrick. But it's just the name of the business. It's just it's just going to happen. Higgs' time here was limited. He wasn't. He had some value just because a lot of people like what he could provide and everything. But his time here was essentially done. But with the acquisition of Yandel now, this actually looks like a formidable defensive pair. And you don't necessarily have to worry about the last couple of seasons where you've kind of had a revolving door in the third pair. Because now your third yeah. pair will be Braun and uh, Yandel, where, yeah, it might not be great because one isn't great defensively, Yandel, and the other one isn't great offensively, um, Braun, but I think they can each equal each other out. Braun can worry about the defensive part of it. He doesn't have to worry about the responsibility he had to when he was on the first pair. Dealing with third and fourth pair guy lines essentially. So in that sense, that's great. And for Yandel, he can be great also. And this too. The one thing I didn't like in losing Ghost was Ghost's talent on the power play, which he kind of got back and getting Ellis and uh Yandel and a little bit wrist aligning. He can play a little bit on the power play and Perverov. So in that sense, he kind of made up for it. But even Ellis and Yandel don't didn't put up the gold numbers yeah. that ghosted so no, you're still gonna lose that. that's one thing i hate in losing ghost that's such a great commodity to have and especially for yeah. the power play but not that these guys can't set them up but i think but all these moves essentially were made to so the fires can be kind of a pain in the ass to play against um and also just to kind of help the pk because atkinson can play pk and kind of help also, solidify your first pair, Ellis Proberoff. Great. Heal for a while, too. So don't have to worry about, her, worry about him retiring after one season um, and all that. But going forward in this offseason, the Flyers have to, I, you still have to get another third pair defense or third line center. I think that'd be great. Um, that and would be good. It just appears that Elliot's time here is probably done. Unfortunately, it is. There's a lot going on. Uh, and unfortunately, as... the only person that kind of two people that kind of luck out with the Yandel signing is Cam York and uh, Igor Zamula. 
which I don't think is the worst thing. It's not because Cam York, Simula, I'm sure, could always use some more uh, developing. Cam York, Cam York just got pretty here. darn well. I know he played, he played pretty three well. Ga- he played three games for us, eight for Lehigh Valley. He and didn't in those really. Three games, he looked kind of sharp. Yeah, you know? and maybe he can being the first pair with Jamula or uh, Wiley, whoever's the first pair is going to be for the Phantoms or whatever. That's going to give like him time. I would like Wiley and, and York as a pair because I, 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 although I would love to have Kim York on the players, trust me, they're kind of running out of room for him to be honest. And, and they're not going to put him seven D. Seven D is no. definitely going to be right, uh, Moran because he doesn't need Moran. ice time. You're going to want York to have ice time, so he's going to be on the Phantoms. Same with exactly. uh, not only that. So, so if you if you're the if and you're a player, injuries happen, so they're going to come up at some, at some point. And not only that, he wouldn't have to go through waivers. Yes. Not only that, but another thing to keep in mind is you're, you could see an interesting defensive pair with Keith Yandel and Justin Braun. That could Charlie O'Connor pointed out, out earlier today. I don't love that pairing. I would prefer something like York and Yandel instead, but I don't hate it either. So we'll see what happens, but that's most likely the third pair for Philadelphia this year. Again, um, you if, were we're seeing less, goalies, if we're seeing by the way, less broad, I mean, that's fine with me. Yeah, you were making, mentioning backup goalies, by the way, but yes, I'm going to talk about Arizona for a split second here, and then I got to talk to you. We got I got to bring up something pretty pretty big um, regarding Jack Eichel, possible asking price. Uh, so I'll go over that. Is with that you. a lot? I'll get to that. Uh, oh, so according yeah. to John Gambadoro, who's a uh, sports radio talk to host on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. He did say the Coyotes should be very active for trades and free agency. It does sound like Phil Kessel has likely played his last game for the Coyotes. Vegas and Florida could be where he goes. Washington has Anvin Cooper actually an interest in Antiranta. And Darcy Kemper is the target of Edmonton in Colorado, so keep that in mind. Now, the more fun uh, tweet here. From Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. This is, uh, I'll put it this way. If you're the Vegas Golden Knights, oh, you take this that. deal and you run the other way without looking back. The asking price apparently for Jack Eichel from Vegas, or, uh, and for Jack Eichel and from Vegas, they went, I don't know who this Smith guy is. They went Smith, Nick Hogg, a first rounder, and Peyton Krebs. If Probably you Smith. and that's it. If you are Vegas, you take that deal and you run the hell away. No wonder they got rid of uh, um, what's his flurry. flurry. Like, how do you not take that deal? If that, if that, and you need center a, help. So, if that's a legitimate deal or even asking price, you take that deal in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Um, wow, that's just unreal. It is. Uh, but yeah, I'm really interested to see how the rest of the Flyers offseason goes. If I'm being honest, though, and those not just the goaltenders that they'd have to, and obviously some of depend on how much the asking price would be, I would love, even though I'm not the biggest fan of them, I would love if we had. Ryan gets left as a third center. Oh, I would love Getzlaff. I think that would be a great Because A, I think we're not going to start you, because A, he was size. a captain. Yeah. He was a captain, so he can bring some leadership. 
he's not going to be captain. Uh, Kurt it, It's true. I don't, I don't think you have to, to say it. All again. right. To, to, to be fair, touching on that real quick, it was so the reason so Sam Corchiti tweeted out uh, that Giroux will remain the captain. Fletcher said, hashtag flyers. And then called Giroux pokingly, you know, um, you poked back and said, good scoop, Sam, good scoop. Hey, Giroux, your own GM is the one who said the leadership group needed to be changed in yesterday's news conference. He, in all caps, brought up, hence someone naturally asked if you remain this, the captain. That's a context. Dan Silver tweeted, Fletcher's comment that Claude and Coots appreciated having Niskin around, which is something that was missing last week, implied that those two guys will continue to be part of the leadership group. It was a very dumb question for Rob Parent to ask. It was Rob Parent who had asked the question. Uh, it was about will Claude Giroux's role change? Basically, the you know kind of going around the straight up asking Fletcher, will you strip the seat from Drew and 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 Chuck Fletcher immediately responded, no, Drew's role is not changing, and he shut that down right away. Mm-hmm. So I get why people are going at people wanted, uh, let's be honest here a lot of people wanted people wanting the flyers to strip that for a while or trade him away so that's why i say it off twitter after they trade away for because there's all the people that hated him i thought he was worth trading away yeah. um and uh, if, uh, going back to vegas it would most likely be riley smith that's who they're asking that's about. what i thought yeah no, i i completely forgot about him um but, but um yeah so that, that's that's what that whole spiel was about mm-hmm. but i I'm assuming his price because he is 36, that it's not going to be what he was playing with. I assume it's going to be a lot cheaper and seeing what you got for Yandel if he'd want to come here. And I just realized he was good. Yandel was good friends with uh, Hayes. So again, you got your connection. It so... like, no, seriously, <laughs> Kevin Hayes, it sounded like he played a significant role in uh, convincing Yandel to sign with Philly. Sounds like yeah. he played a very, very big role. But again, if you brought in. Yant or not Yandel, uh, Getzloff here. That could big body, big body, but not just big. He would be a legitimate third line center for us too, and I, I would love that. Mm -hmm. If he he can play for a couple years too, even if not fourth, I would do like a year or two. I would, I, I would would do actually a true trial run. I would do one year, and if it's good, maybe do two after. Because I I like the idea of that. Because I don't, I don't want it to be like. What's his face all over again? Uh, I would trade it for for Shin. Uh, Latera. I wouldn't want that yeah. situation over. All again. right. To be fair, he was a throwing contract because they gave up two first round picks. I know, but I'm just saying I don't want that kind of anchor depth. I'll put it this way. It, it wouldn't be like that because I don't see Getzlav being a liability like Yori Latera. Um, I want to either. Getzlav, I'll put it this getting, way. If when you, you get older, if, if just the Flyers kind of... sign Ryan Getzlav to a two year deal. It depends on the AEV, but would you do something like two years, 2.53 mil? Depending on how Maybe. much you have left after resigning Clark and Sanheim. That's yeah, the, the big Flyers thing. Have 11.7 mil, and also not mentioning um, getting a goaltender, backup goaltender, how much that would come out to. Um, so they have about nine point. So I'll put it this way if they go out and. Ooh, this is going to be tough. So, so let's say they went after, for argument's sake, because I saw it mentioned today, they went after Kemper. 
unless we got uh, Arizona to, to knock some of that cap off. That's... It, it's either it's either the Flyers get a good backup and a semi decent third line center, or they get a good third line center and a semi decent backup. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. do you just go with oh, let's go for a good backup and then rely on a I Morgan think... Frost, Tanner Lazinski role? I think uh, for the third line center. That's not going to be or, that. Tanner Lazinski is going to be a fourth line center for sure. Or or, um, or or if you don't do third line center with those guys, you make them fourth line center and then push who you're going to have for your fourth line center up to the third, like line. At the moment, he's your third line center, but I think even in that situation, I think in that situation, I think the Flyers going to look more towards upgrading backup goalie than to the depth because then they think internally that they could improve it, but it doesn't mean they're not going to go after someone. I think they just, in that sense, go after someone who's a little lesser, but um, could still provide you because they're obviously going to look for someone who could play PK, which Ketsov can do. Yeah. Which is why I, I would, I would like them. I just in that situation. Plus, if you look at the other, let's look at it while we're looking at it. Um, Update results. The other centers that are up, or obviously you can also uh, look at a uh, Derek step on too for center. Um, I wouldn't love it, but it could be cheaper. Same age, Trevor Zajac. Zajac, I'm not crazy about. Not, I'm not uh, either, but I'm just saying he's out there. Um, he's out there. Eric Stahl is out there. I would love Eric Stahl. I think again, his more, I think he'll his most recent contract up, was his most recent contract was three point two million. So, I in think that he'll sense, most he's also the same age go, at thirty six. Um, he's. I think he'll honestly resign. most likely go to uh, back to Montreal. We'll see, but I, I so would too. absolutely love Eric Stahl. Mm-hmm. Those are just other names. If that falls through, there's also been a um, small link between Philadelphia. And Nick Benino, who's 33, that would be a decent grab. Uh, there's also been apparently Mikhail Granlin, which is also an interesting one. The guy I would love to get, um, his cap hit, I believe it was last year, was 3.083 mil. Philip Denault. I would love Denault. I think he would be a great pickup for the Philadelphia Flyers. He would play a huge role, although third line center. I think he would accept that role. And make a phenomenal difference for the Flyers. I could see that. If not him, Alexander Wenberg, if he does not resign with Florida, which I don't think he is. Mm -hmm. So I would love either of those guys, to be honest. Those are two of my top centers to watch out for. Yeah, same here. But with that being said, I think that's all we really got for this week's. Uh, a lot has happened. Obviously, for our next one, we're going to obviously mention where all these guys go. And after that, it's going to obviously kind of cool down a bit in terms of everything. Once that's set up, we'll start doing these way too early predictions for a look at to next season. So you got that to look forward to. And obviously, our next Underachievers uh, next Monday. So obviously, with that, we'll see you next time.